Jill, and we are so glad that you're joining us today. We are a church in transition, yes? yes? Our sermon series is called Doing a New Thing. And so for the next eight weeks, you'll hear from myself and other of our leadership, our staff, as we reflect upon what it means to be a church in transition. As we just retired, Jerry Reardon, our senior pastor, and and uh, Matt, uh, Pastor Matt was our praise team leader and our uh, one of our pastors on staff, on to new journeys as well. So we appreciate you being in the midst of transition with us as we anticipate some changes over the next few months as we wait for our new senior pastor, Nicole, and perhaps new worship leaders coming in and out as well. So I want to make sure to call your attention to a few important announcements that we have coming up. The first is that we are going through a time of change. And that includes our office. So mark your calendars for June 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. The office will be closed. So if you've been up there lately, it's a mess. So you won't be able to get in on those days. So the office will be closed on those days. So please make note of that. And we have our blood drive coming up. And that is going to be on June 20th from 2 to 6.45 p.m. right here in Celebration Hall. If you sign up and give blood, you get a Bluetooth speaker because blood donors rock. Get it? Yes, yes. So please sign up. Last we heard, there were about 10 signups, and they need 20-some to make sure that they get enough they need. So please sign up today on our website. And if you've ever been interested in volunteering with our kids program, now is a great time. Even if you can help with just one Sunday during the summer at the 945 hour please reach out to us or Allie Hall. They're also having a kids' team meeting on June 26th at this time. I hope you don't have to choose between the two, but uh, if you'd like, to, like some information, please reach out to Allie or myself. We'll get you connected. And, of course, if you are new or visiting today, please see me, Bonnie, or Pam. Where'd she go? Pam was up here singing. And we would love to give you, there she is, give you a gift and uh, officially welcome you. We invite you to fill out your connection card today. You'll have a chance to drop it in the plate and here in a little while, just so we know who you are and if there's anything you'd like to get involved in there on that sheet. And now let us take a moment and check out our stewardship moment for today, which talks about our Bethel AME joint worship service a few weeks ago. Hi, I'm Bonnie Zickraff with Noblesville First, and for this week's stewardship moment, we would like to make mention of all of those who are participating uh, in May 22nd worship services out at Teeter Farm. It was a combined service between Noblesville First and Bethel AME, and we have both praise bands uh, working together right there on stage. We were rocking and rolling in worship there for a little bit. But then we also enjoyed some softer moments during the sermons as well. We had two messages that day, one by Pastor Mindy Mays of Bethlehem E, as well as from Pastor Jerry Raritan here at Noblesville First. We had a great time of fellowship afterwards. We got to know one another a little bit better and exchange information and just to stand and talk for a bit. It was a beautiful morning to do that. And we also signed up, there were several from both congregations that so that we can in the future get together and know one another a little bit better and see what everyone's needs are and just to 
perhaps plan future events as well outside of theater worship. So we wanted to thank everyone for that opportunity to make it a success. And oh yes, I almost forgot the most important part. We ate donuts and ice cream for breakfast after worship. It doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> thank you so much. Take care. God bless. We appreciate your continued support of the relationship building between Bethel AME and Noblesville First. And there will be opportunities to come. If you're interested in even being parts of smaller groups at some point, please let us know. We'd be happy to get you some information on that. And now our scripture lesson for today comes from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 16 through 21. The Lord says, Who wakes a, makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters? Who brings out chariot and horse, army and battalion? They will lie down together and will not rise. They will be extinguished, extinguished like a wick. Don't remember the prior things. Don't ponder ancient history. Look, I'm doing a new thing. Now it sprouts up. Don't you recognize it? I'm making a way in the desert, paths in the wilderness. The beasts of the field, the jackals and ostriches will honor me. Because I have put waters in the desert and streams in the wilderness to give water to my people, my chosen ones, this people whom I formed for myself, who will recount my praise. Well, on my journeys of Paul Cruz last month when I was away, my friend and I were excitedly waiting our stop on the island of Santorini, Greece. Anybody ever been there? Really? I'm the only one? Well, go if you can. It's amazing. We had a private tour guide schedule. We were ready to get off the boat. And the captain comes on and says, Well, folks, it's really windy out there today. We don't know if we're going to get you on the little boat, the tenders that go to the island. So just hang tight. We're like, Oh, no. We waited all this time, come all this way to Santorini, and we're not going to get to see it. It was like right there outside the window. We couldn't go. So disappointment began to sink in, right? We couldn't make it. We come all this way for nothing. Finally, the good news came that we were clear to take a tender to the island. And it was a very bumpy ride. We were been on a really, really crazy ocean. And we felt like, well, we felt like Paul, who was shipwrecked, right? We were bumping along. And then when we got to the, the pier at the island, we had literally four or five very big Greek men grab us off of the boat and like literally threw us onto the shore. We're like, oh my gosh, okay, we made it. So then we were going to get in the cable car line to get up to the village because Santorini is on a volcano. So you have to either take a cable car up to it or walk, which would be, I think, 5,000 some steps, or take a donkey. So we took one look at the really long line. We knew our tour guide was waiting. And I said to my friend, let's take a donkey. It was the same price as the cable car. Six euro. Take a donkey to the top of Santorini. My friend was terrified. I've ridden horses plenty in my life. I knew what I was getting into. She was terrified. So we go up the mountain with the donkeys, and they would kind of wander off to the side every now and then and just sit there. And then they would start up again. 
and her donkey kept trying to outrun mine, and they were, it was a competition. And the people on the cable cars were going up above us going, look at those tourists down there on the donkeys. We felt really, really stupid. But you know what? It was worth it. I will never forget the laughs my friend and I had as we were riding our donkeys to the top. And, of course, the people on the cable cars, they just did not know what they were missing out on, right? Now, I think I have a picture of my experience. I sent it to Zach this morning. I hope he was able to get it. There we go. And what I think is really funny is the guy in the background. He, he wanted to get my picture, too. But there, there's me on the donkey. Now, I'll admit that riding a donkey to the top of a mountain in Greece had never been on my bucket list. But sometimes it pays off to try a new thing. And I had to pay four euro to get that picture. Right? But I'm like, man, I'm, this is proof. This is proof that I did it. That day in Santorini was one of the best days I've had in a long time, filled with memories and beautiful sights. And it all began with a donkey. It all began with trying something new. Who here has a similar experience with trying something new? Anyone ever tried anything new? Was it scary? Was it worth it? Sometimes it's, it's the best things in life when you just have to do it and step in. It can be life-changing even. Now my son, Xavier, who's up here on his iPad, he's six, and he's daring about many things, but sometimes he's not up for trying new things. I can't even get him to watch the newest Disney movies with me because he just wants to stick to what he knows. And tell him that they're really good so we can watch them together, okay? For his birthday this past year, he said he wanted to try laser tag. But when we got there, he was scared and, in fact, decided he did not want to try it. <laughs> so after watching his friends at his party have fun for a little bit, he finally decided to jump in, and before we knew it, he didn't want it to end. He tried something new. Well, church, it is our turn to do a new thing. And more importantly, it is our turn to trust the new thing that God is doing among us. As we are awaiting a new senior pastor, we are officially a church in transition. So it's time for us to ask, what new thing might God be doing among us? And how can we be a part of it? How can we open our eyes and our hearts to the new thing that God will do? Our text this morning comes from the Hebrew Testament book of Isaiah. And Bonnie even had a map in the other services. I wish I could have stolen that from you. But the Israelites have been exiled from their homeland, and they are in Babylon. Isaiah's prophetic words are addressed to a people in exile who are perhaps stuck in their spiritual and physical lives. They are displaced persons, having been so far for more than a generation. Children probably have no memory of home or the land that was promised to them. There is perhaps guilt and despair, a feeling of abandonment. But in the midst of that, Isaiah relays a hopeful vision. He paints a picture of the exiles coming home, enduring the wilderness, and reminding them to trust that God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing even if we don't see it yet. 
God is doing a new thing even though we may doubt. God is doing a new thing that we may not expect, leading us through the wilderness, making the pathway clear. When we trust that God is doing a new thing, we see hope and freedom on the other side. But for now, let us sit with a bit of uncertainty. Now, many of us are not very good at doing that. I know I'm not. Imagine being a pastor during appointment season in the United Methodist Church. There's a window between January and May where at any point your phone can ring and someone can say, guess what, we're moving you. Mary Eileen has been there. She got hers at annual conference. Was that in June? Oh, my goodness. And new appointments start July 1. So that is my nightmare, Mary Eileen. Praise you for that. Right? There is a time of uncertainty that we all have to sit with at one point or another. Uncertainty is uncomfortable. It's scary. So often we're told that negative emotions like fear, anger, worry, or sadness are to be ignored or tossed aside or not acknowledged. But any good therapist will tell you that the only way to get past these emotions is to sit with them, to feel them, to hold it up in front of us, to name it, to thank it for teaching us and letting it flow through us. Or to face it head on, like I'm sure Mary Eileen, you had to do when you got that frantic phone call. <laughs> it's not natural for a lot of us to think about befriending our feelings of uncertainty or fear. We are now in the season of Pentecost, where we celebrate and remember the presence of the Holy Spirit that comes among us. And it is this Holy Spirit that Jesus speaks about that offers us reassurance that we need to face uncertainty and the struggles of our time. And there is a lot of that to go around. There are no guarantees that the Holy Spirit will cure uncomfortable feelings associated with uncertainty, but there is the promise of peace, guidance, and wisdom as we sit with that uncertainty. I challenge us to allow the Holy Spirit to be made known to us and to provide the loving presence in the person of Jesus as we sit with whatever feelings we might have. We may discover in these difficult moments that God is in fact doing a new thing among us. So often we miss the cues that God is doing a new thing. In our text today, we hear the voice of God saying, I'm about to do a new thing. Don't you see it? Like the Israelites in exile, we may find ourselves stuck in what has been, or perhaps even in a negative cycle and not see what is actually right in front of us. A woman named Luann Kahn is a motivational speaker and author, and she's a cancer survivor. And she found herself stuck in a cycle of negative feelings and depression and an attitude of not wanting to change. Her daughter came home from college to visit her at one point, and she took one look at her mom in this state, and she said, Mom, what's wrong with you? You have to fix this. What if you did something new every day and you wrote a blog about it? And Luann, not even really knowing what a blog was at the time, <laughs> took her up on this challenge and began to try something new every day for a year, 365 days. 
new things. She started small. She bought a lottery ticket. She tried a new food. She did something different in her daily routine. But she got more bold as time went on. She ziplined. She played with all the toys in the toy store before she was asked to leave. <laughs> and she even spent an entire day in a wheelchair to see what that was like. She learned from research that doing new things causes the brain to wake up and to release that feel-good chemical called dopamine. And your brain actually rewires a bit to make us feel like time has slowed down so that we might actually have a more memorable experience. Doing new things actually shifts our perspective on fear and uncertainty. So on her journey of trying new things, sometimes her friends would even challenge her or dare her to do certain things. And one day that thing was to go and have a conversation with a stranger. So she went to a town square. She began to look around and she saw a person who looked kind of lonely. He had his bags around his feet. He looked like he'd been there for a while. And he was looking reflective. She approached him and began a conversation with him. Lovely day we're having. His face lit up as he said, yes, it is a lovely day. And they continued their conversation to share profound moments of connection as she learned that his wife had passed away from breast cancer years ago. And as a breast cancer survivor herself, this man felt that Luann had been sent to him that day as a gentle and loving reminder of his wife. He shared a poem that his wife had left him. And then they shared about his travels around the world. Since that day, Luann has looked for that man so many times but never saw him again. She felt that he was sent to remind her that we are all in fact, connected, and that we don't have forever, we have today. So you can choose to listen to your voice of no and continue to be stuck, or you can say yes, slow down time, light up your brain, and experience the euphoria of new things. As we are a people approaching a new season, we hear a surprising message from the text of Isaiah today. Don't keep obsessively looking back to even the finest things that God has done. Instead, actively anticipate the new thing that God is bringing about. Yes, God has done amazing and wondrous things, but what God is about to do is even more awesome. God will guide us along not-yet-seen paths. Let's think about just a few of the things that God has brought us through to this point. We came through COVID. You got an amen? Amen. Yes, it's still out there. It probably will be forever. But two years of isolation and trying to figure out how in the world to be the church during the pandemic, we did it. We have seen a new and returning people come into our church community for worship, for programming, for prayer for fellowship, for addiction recovery, to learn English as a second language. We're helping refugees. We're getting out into the community. We're helping children and families. We're rebuilding our family ministry team here, and we celebrate that between 
this place and Teeter Farm, we are seeing dozens of children and families connecting with God through the church. We have relaunched our outreach and mission programs. We have seen staff come and go. We have celebrated church leaders, past, present, and future, and so much more. God is doing a new thing. And we are challenged today to open our eyes to see it, to not be afraid, and to sit in this uncertainty together. I am excited to see how God will work in and through us as God does this new thing. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus and by most Holy Spirit, thank you for gathering us together with you, our rock and our redeemer, for everyone in the church building today and for people watching online, wherever they may be, and for those that are yet to come. We pray for the sick, the dying, the hurting, and the brokenness within ourselves and for all others around the world. Show us your blessings and share our joys through the wonders of you, God. We ask for your forgiveness, too, when we try to shape your kingdom the way we think it should be and not the way you long for it to be. Help us not to fear change, but to receive it as a gift. We pray that you open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to receive you deep within our souls through your word. Most Holy Spirit, make your presence be known. Abide in us, Almighty Lord, so we can learn to live and love as you do. For you are the reason we have everything and anything at all. We trust in your divine providence for your comfort, your care, your protection, and for your peace, given as a gift by your love and your grace. We pray this all in the mighty name and the glorious name of Jesus. And we thank you for the prayer that you taught us long ago that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory 
forever. Amen.
today as we talk about God doing a new thing. Jesus did a new thing with his disciples. He challenged them to love without condition. He pushed the limits of the rules and laws of the day and said, no, this is what God wants us to do. To love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And he made a new commandment to his disciples to love one another. To love one another. And he shared a meal with his disciples the night before he was given up for us. And at that meal, he took bread and he gave thanks to God. He blessed it and he broke it. And he gave it to his friends and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He also took the cup. He gave thanks to God. He blessed it, and he passed it to his friends. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new, ah, the new covenant poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance. Let us pray. God, we ask your Holy Spirit to be poured out upon each one of us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ, that upon partaking in it, we may meet him at this table of grace and then go out into the world to be restored and renewed, spiritually nourished to face that world out there. God, let us be a part of the new thing that you are doing and continue to do, that we may be your disciples, your followers, and your friends. But that new commandment is new still today, that we are to love one another, even when that is difficult. So gather us today at this table, O oh God. May we, may we face that grace head on and know the gift that it is. We ask this. invite you to remember that the United Methodist table is an open table, which means y'all are welcome. So come as you are to this space. When you come forward, you can place any offering you might have or your connection card in the basket. And then take a communion cup. There is a little wafer on the top. You can peel it off and the juice is below. Feel free to spend some time at the railing in prayer, light a candle. It is your time to reflect and to pray. The table is open. Come as you feel like.